0: Welcome to Navi Tales. Nick, how the hell you been?
1: Oh, I've been good. How about
0: yourself? Uh, eh. (laughs) is that so? Eh, I'm actually a day's off. It's great. But um, Navi Tales is a lore video game podcast that we do. Uh, You want to you want to sound more sure about that? No, I, (laughs) I, I I'm pretty sure that's what we do. It's been a bit since we've recorded. Um, my name's Josh. Uh, my name's Nick. And uh, we both play video games. Uh, today on Navi Tales, we are discussing Bioshock, the lore leading up to and through the first game. Correct. Because there are three of them, Yes. with one of them being so fucking out there lore-wise that we can't even really say anything about it until its own episode. But today we're going to be just discussing Bioshock. Regular. So Nick, when was the first time you played Bioshock?
1: Um, it's a while ago. Definitely not when When did it first come out? It
0: came out for three. It came out early on three sixty. But uh, yeah, I played it when it was released. Like I remember when that game was released. That game's the shit.
1: So it uh came out in August twenty first of two thousand seven. So that was ten years ago. Holy, Holy shit. shit!
0: Bioshock is ten years old now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That game aged great. It's uh, So, if you don't know anything about uh, Bioshock, it's a first-person shooter that came out in uh, 2007, and it's Ayn Rand's Wet Dream. It's loosely based on the novel Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, which you can really see in a lot of the names, like Andrew Ryan, and a lot of the themes, which match up very closely to the objectivism that Ayn Rand talks about in her novels. So, we're not going to talk a whole lot about Ayn Rand, because that's an entirely different subject and an entirely different mess. Also, I found out she was on drugs the entire time she was writing Atlas Shrugged and her other book. Wow. Most authors were, but she was on a lot of drugs. She was on speed. So, uh, good for her. Yeah, I mean, whatever gets yeah. the uh, the literature out. Yeah, dude, last time I was on on, on medications... Uh, I slept, so good, good for you, Ayn Rand, good for you.
1: <laughs> good for you for doing things where Josh did.
0: I also had my wisdom teeth out, but that's entirely different. Yeah. So, yeah, it it's it's a strange one. In a video game that is really close to my heart, because I love the themes and the the story for it, uh, it plays a little clunky. I feel like the gameplay didn't age well. I played it recently.
1: Uh, yeah, I did too. I played the uh, PS4 remaster recently. Um... Yeah, it's got some clunkiness to it, but I think it still holds up. Oh, it absolutely still holds up to the point where it's still one of my favorite games.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an incredible game with uh, M Night Shyamalan level twists in it, which are which are incredible. So, as per usual, we talk about the story and the lore for a video game. There are going to be spoilers in this. Podcast. There's spoilers all over the place. So, if you don't want to hear the spoilers for a game that came out 10 years ago, that's fine. Don't <laughs> listen to this episode. But if you're 100% down to hear my, um, myself and my friend Nick talk about this underwater civilization, then prepare yourself. We're jumping in. Bioshock begins in the year 1946 with a guy called Andrew Ryan, which is not Ayn Rand, Is Andrew Ryan. I know it's a difference. There's a difference where he decided to create rapture, yes, which is a underwater city, yes, which makes perfect sense because he's not a fish. He's a people. So he was like, Hey, let's build a city underwater with other people and not fish. That'll make sense and work perfectly. so he he decided to use his own private steamliner. The Olympian to transport all the necessary stuff to a space between Greenland and Iceland in the North Atlantic. Uh, which is marked by a lighthouse sticking out from it, which is how you get in and out. On an island. Because lighthouses are just prominent and important, like, overly important in Bioshock. Oh, yes. Like, as a franchise. Lighthouses everywhere. Just lighthouses being super important for a game that doesn't take place... For a series that either takes place at the bottom of the ocean or in the sky, lighthouses are super important. I don't understand it either. So, it was... They, he decided to place Rapture, which is this beautiful underwater city, on top of undersea volcanoes and volcanic vents so that he would have all the ability to power the city, which includes a lot of stuff, including food production, self-defense, because he may have may not have pissed off some people politically, uh, water purification, electricity, everything that you would really need to run a city. So what's the goal of Rapture?
1: <clears throat> the goal of Rapture was basically he wanted to create a place that was a paradise to him in his own uh, his own brain. Um, where uh, people could have a place where they could create different things, whether it be science related, art related,, uh, industry related, and all of this new ideas could thrive and grow without any intervention from like governments, religious figures, or any social uh, agendas. Uh, interfering so if you wanted to make something nobody was going to be like waving a finger at you saying hey you can't do that it's it goes against morals it goes against this list of uh, things we developed saying that you should follow this this code of guidelines you should follow there was it rapture was a place where uh you didn't have to worry about any of that
0: what was it no says the man in the white house it belongs to the government no says the man in the Vatican. it belongs to the church no, says the man in Ru- in Moscow, it belongs to everyone. Like, it's... Yeah. And he wanted to, to go against that. Bioshock's really quotable. They have some great quotes. Oh, it's great. So, I mean, even to this day, I still want a tattoo that says... Um, what is it? Uh, a man chooses a slave obeys. Yeah. Like, which is a quote that'll come up later. But, yeah, the... It's super quotable, and he was really going against that, which is really kind of where Ayn Rand's philosophies on how government should work come from. Uh, she believed that everyone should be doing it for themselves. The church shouldn't matter. The government shouldn't matter. You are what matters the most. It was called objectivism. If you want to look into objectivism, look into it. Most people think it's really fucking stupid unless you're a 15-year-old going through their edgy phase, then you're really going to like this. You are really, really going to like Ayn Rand if you're 15 and going through your edgy phase. Right, Josh? Right, Josh? So, (laughs) you, uh... I mean, it kind of did build into my political views today, which we're not going to talk about, but Ayn Rand is a fucking disaster. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Atlas Shrugged is an okay book. Awful movies. Besides the point. He wanted to build a town where he could do this.
1: So he, uh, he populated the city with people he believed to be the best examples of humankind. And so between the years of 1946 and 1952, uh, a bunch of people moved to Rapture. And uh, since a bunch of people were leaving the surface to go live underwater, people started to notice, especially when there were like big uh, names in their communities because they were scientists, they were doctors, they were inventors, they were men of big business stature. Uh, so, uh, a lot of, it's, this started a lot of conspiracy theories um, surrounding the, this mass disappearance of these people. And they, it eventually was called The Vanishing.
0: Which, which was one of those things that never really made sense to me. I, having played through the game a couple of times, I never dove into the lore. I liked it for what it was in the game. And I especially really enjoyed it in its expansions <laughs> in Infinite. But in Bioshock proper, I never dove into the lore. I had ju- always just assumed that Rapture was well-known. Like, Rapture was this place, because Columbia, the the equal to it in Infinite, everyone knew about Columbia, Mm. but I just assumed that Rapture was one of those things that everyone knew about, and these people went to Rapture because they were allowed to go to Rapture. You you couldn't just go there. You had to be allowed to go there, but everyone knew it was there. So, like, kind of like how Italy is today. So like you just know when a movie star moves to Italy or France or some other fucking country, so they I just did always assume that I didn't know that they had disappeared they'd just vanished and gone to this place in secret.
1: Yeah, it was kind of being kept secret the, in the entire city so they could probably because uh Andrew Ryan didn't want like outside like forces telling them like no, you can't do this That's was the whole point of the city which so they could I'm not do whatever they wanted.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't make any sense I'm saying. Like, I just had no idea. I I would do the same thing. I mean, good luck trying to build an underwater city between Greenland and Iceland without getting involved politically. But yeah, that's that's something that was completely new to me. And it, it also makes sense for the people that showed up there who were just so morally uncaring because that would mean they'd leave the world above them because fuck it. What yeah. does it matter to me? They're all sociopaths in Rapture. Yeah. And, and I guess it kind of leads to the fact that they're all sociopaths mm-hmm. in Rapture just leaving whatever life they had on the surface, going, fuck y'all, and just going. Yeah. Like, that's something that's very insane, which leads to Raptor being Raptor. So, uh, since the Great Disappearance occurred after World War II, many governments and high-ranking officials disregarded the vanishings as post-war relocations, and no one gave a shit. Yeah, they just didn't care, apparently, because these famous people were going missing because it was right after World War II, which makes sense... I guess for what World War Two was. Yeah, well, it's they wouldn't not, be the only people.
1: It's not that they. Well, they didn't know that they went disappearing under the water. They thought that you know it's after this big war, maybe they relocated themselves to like a different place to get like away from. Oh, we just had a war here. Let's let's go somewhere far away from that. But they were still on the surface, so they were just like, oh, people just moved, you know, try to. Reestablish their lives after after the war, and they didn't actually think, "Oh, let's go to this secret underground city yeah. under underwater city." Excuse me.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure it's under the, under a lot of ground too, but it's mostly underwater.
1: I mean, yeah, if you want to compare like, <laughs> sea level and
0: land yeah. level, so probably, uh, under, probably underground. The the city was run by a council called the Raptor Central Council. It was there to have emergency powers to control certain aspects of the city arrests, businesses, individuals, and it's debatable how much of the power they had in comparison to Andrew Ryan himself, who's kind of portrayed as the... the president? There's no other way to describe it. He's not quite a monarch, because he doesn't want to be a monarch. Yeah. He's more of a a president and founder. Yeah, definitely a founder. It feels like a business, except a business where you build statues to him. So, (laughs) there's a whole bunch of statues to Andrew Ryan around but i think it's more because people liked andrew ryan at least at first a lot of artists were there so i feel as though it, it 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 feels like it's more because people liked him and wanted to memorialize this idea this rapture as him right so i never felt like even seeing the statue at the very beginning of the game of andrew ryan with the tapestry and everything i never felt to me like it was in in place of religion or in place of a monarchy it was more in tribute of what rapture is through Andrew Ryan that's what it always felt like to me I don't know no I about agree you. with that so yeah that that's just how I <laughs> felt about it all uh,
1: so citizens be uh, begin to complain about the lack of exposure to sunlight because you know they're living under the goddamn ocean
0: I don't know I feel like I'd work well there I, I'm I'm known as a basement dweller like I I don't like the outside yeah that's true.
1: Um, so, Ryan invited a psychiatrist from the surface, uh, who was named Sophia Lamb, to come down to Rapture to help the citizens cope with their undersea life. Lamb had very strong utilitarian beliefs, which clashed with the free market ideas that Rapture established. Uh, she gave much of her time and effort to indoctrinating the poor citizens of Rapture.
0: Ryan got all pissed and saw her growing political influences, so he thought he could ruin her by holding public debates. So, because that's how this place works, it, it feels to me almost like a like a pseudo-Greece, except Greece had democracy, but whenever there were, were political issues in Greece... I'm a historian, so I'm going to talk about history sometimes. No, whenever, that's fine. I think it adds a lot. Whenever there was issues with politics in Greece, this is how they, they figured it. Public debates is why philosophy exists in the way it does. It's because there was a bunch of really stoned guys. Well, stone isn't the right word. Really drunk guys walking around going, I don't know if I agree with this. And just getting into fights with people. But not fights with their fists because they wore togas. They got into fights fights with their minds, man. Because they were drunk off wine. With their goddamn minds, man. Yeah, they were drunk off so much wine. Anyway, it didn't work in his favor to uh, try to have a public debate and only made her more popular because utilitarian beliefs tend to work against objectivist beliefs. Whatever. Ryan then sent his people to spy on her to try to uncover some evidence, and she was imprisoned when they found evidence to have her imprisoned for something. Sounds very political to me, Ryan. I don't know if you're capturing the essence of what Rapture is supposed to be.
1: Yeah, just kind of wanted to get uh, her out of the way. because She was threatening to him.
0: Yeah. Because she was a woman. And smarter than him. And this is the 40s. Exactly. So then Tennebomb comes and fucks everything up. Holy shit does he fuck everything up. It's a girl. Tenabom's a girl? Yeah, Tenenbaum's a girl. <laughs> I was thinking of Josh. the Asian scientist. No. Yeah, Tennebomb's a girl. Tenenbaum's I a girl. was f- thinking of Suong. Tenenbaum yeah. fucks everything up too. Well,
1: yes. But yes, she is a geneticist. Yeah, my bad. um and one day she saw uh this man playing catch um and she knew that he had lost his hands in the war uh or they were paralyzed i don't think they were he actually like physically lost them i think they were just paralyzed um and when she confronted him about it uh he said that he was bitten by a sea slug and his hands started working so she was like i want to look at th- i want to look into this
0: yes folks the big lich pin in bioshock is fucking sea slugs don't let you ever ta- don't let anyone ever take bioshock serious yeah it's one of those games that i feel like so many people take serious but like the most important thing that happens in bioshock the single most important thing it, are goddamn sea slugs oh yeah it's fucking awesome so, and, and I've known that for a while, and it's been one of my favorite things to talk about. Just be like, yeah, this game's all about slugs. <laughs> this game's about slugs. This game, everything gets fucked up. See, slugs, that's why. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> See that? Slugs. Slugs did that. Yeah, and it even goes to what I'm saying. She was mocked by other scientists. <laughs> yeah, But she then w- Frank Fontaine found her.
1: <laughs> yeah, she wanted to, uh, like, research slugs. sea slugs. And everybody was
0: like, how the fuck would you want to do that? Because they're fucking stupid. Why would you do that?
1: So, uh, so like Josh said, a businessman, uh... Who was pretty big in Rapture? Um, Frank took, Fontaine. Frank Fontaine <laughs> took notice and uh, decided to fund her research uh, of the sea slugs because everything revolves around sea
0: because slugs. everything in Rapture is about sea slugs. So uh,
1: the the Doctor Tenenbaum discovered that uh, this, there was a substance the sea slugs secreted that behaved kind of like stem cells. That could uh, differentiate into any cell which allowed her to manipulate DNA basically.
0: Because sea slugs. I mean they were at, oh in in Bioshock's defense. That's they're up, they're at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. In a place that really had never been checked before. It's one of those things where like we've we've explored more of our own universe than we have our own oceans. Right. Like it's just one of those things where like we don't know what the fuck's that's why I love the ocean so much. We don't know what the fuck's down there. So for all we know, there are sea slugs at the bottom of the ocean that work as stem cells that can manipulate our DNA, and I could get firepower someday. You can't tell me that that isn't a fucking possibility. No, it
1: definitely is. we got to find those slugs.
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're uh, sponsoring a NaviTales ocean discovery group next, right? Yes. Uh, we're going to get some sponsors, and we're going to get a submarine. <clears throat> yes. And then Nick and I are going to go to the bottom of the ocean searching for Bioshock sea slugs. I'll build so- a submarine. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a boat. Nick's an engineer. <laughs> he could build a, a submarine. It's kind of like a boat. Uh, I'll go with him just for just for someone to hold him at night.
1: Oh, I always need that. I know. It gets cold and lonely down there in the <laughs> dark depths of the ocean. Dark
0: depths of the ocean. You're a strong yes. man to hold you when the squids come.
1: Uh, So, since she was able to manipulate DNA, she was able to cure diseases and even change organisms to the point where they could be given powers. Like we mentioned before, you could literally give somebody the ability to throw fire.
0: Yeah, You could literally
1: turn into Firestorm.
0: It makes superheroes. So, And they uh, called this substance Adam. Wow! I wonder what that's referencing!
1: Uh, The uh, guy that lives down my street. Yeah. 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 He's was, a nice guy. Yeah. I, I was thinking. I about... would name stuff after him. <laughs> <laughs> He's real nice. He's real nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. It's... He gave me two Kit Kat bars on Halloween ones. <laughs> they were the full size Kit Kat bars. King size. The guy next to him gave me bubble
0: gum. The, yeah, the, the, fuck that guy! The hard ass double boy. We ain't naming this slea slug juice after fucking Steve down there! This is some fucking Adam shit in remembrance of his goddamn Kit Kats! Anyway, Frank Fontaine got a bunch of money because of it, and he smuggled a bunch of shit, and he made a lot of money.
1: Because he's a businessman, that's what he does. He just wants all the manies.
0: Yeah, and he, he just cares about money. He's only into this, he doesn't give a fuck about this Rapture bullshit. He's in it for the dough. Because yeah. he knows that there's dough to make here, because everyone here is a rich genius, yeah. or a rich artist. You don't get here because you're poor. They don't want poor people mm-hmm. in Rapture. So, yeah, they he he's just he's just here for the dough. So. And then, scientists
1: discovered that if the sea slugs were implanted into the stomach of a test subject, the slugs could produce even more, Adam.
0: I don't know. uh, This doesn't make
1: any sense. I don't know who decided (laughs) to go, you see this slug, and we put it in your stomach. No morals. Ah,
0: fuck it. Let's put it everywhere. I
1: mean... I'm gonna put this slug in your arm.
0: I'm gonna put it in your leg. I'm gonna put it in your head. Let's see what it does if I put it in your ear. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, that's the point of rapture. They could do whatever the the hell they wanted and nobody would blink. No morals. So they discovered that uh, little girls were actually the only viable hosts for the procedure because everybody else didn't really survive it, having sea slugs put in them and, ma- and like, living with sea slugs in them. I, so... ju- I
0: just think they only checked the little girls. No morals! <laughs>
1: no morals! So Fontaine was like, oh my god, we could make a shit ton of Adam. Let's do this. So they uh, started a little sister's orphanage where he advertised it as a place where fi- financially suffering families could send their daughters for schooling and care. Now, that's not actually what happened. They were really? actually...
0: Oh, yeah. Really? Are you trying to tell me this guy who's smuggling shit and financing weird, like, super science is not a good guy?
1: Josh, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm going to need you to reach for this one. Okay. He didn't actually teach them things and or take care of them. He just put more slugs inside them. <laughs> I made them little fuckers. To produce a bunch of Adam, and then they were called the Little Sisters.
0: Because Little Sisters' orphanage. Yeah. That's where it came from. I I called them little fuckers who yelled and got me fucked up by giant men in swimsuits. So, yeah. The Little (laughs) Sisters, if you've ever seen anything Bioshock related, are the little girls who look like zombies. Mm. They're not zombies. They're alive and... They host these slugs so that they could produce more atom, uh, which becomes a may- a pretty big gameplay mechanic. As atom is what you use to buy more power ups. Power ups? What are yeah. they called
1: in this fucking game? Uh, plasmids and tonics. Plasmids
0: and yeah, plasmids. So it's kind of used as a super currency that you could only use to buy more plasmids, which are what give you more power. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that the usually involves murdering a little girl, but they're adorable in their own way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you talk about this, but Little Sisters are fucking fascinating because they can super heal, kind of like Deadpool, mm-hmm. except instantly. <clears throat> which became a problem for the Little Sisters because if they broke bones, their bone would heal instantly in a new way. So, like, let's say I broke my arm. Mm. It would break... It would heal into the break. So you'd have to break it back into place, which they had normal pain receptors. They just super healed. So uh, it was just an interesting fact that I knew about little sisters off the top of my head. They were, it's what made them so hard to kill. is because they could heal very fast. Is why you need a special plasmid to harvest them. Because you need to be able to go past that process. It's why there's so many of them around in a place that's gone to shit. So, anyway, fun fact about Little Sisters. Super healers. <clears throat> so, we end up with Fontaine Futuristics making a fuckload of Atom. And, uh, gene tonics and plasmids, which are what we were just talking about. The power-ups that people can purchase. There's a lot of P's in that sentence. To that make it so that you can become more than just a human. You can get ice powers, or or fire powers, or bug powers. Bees was the yeah. The this bees. one had bees. One had
1: bees, and Infinite had crows. You can shoot goddamn yeah, bees out of your. The arms. one in
0: Infinite was called a Murder of Crows, and it was the plow the not it's not a plasma in Infinite. It's a. It was the plasma I used the most in Infinite. I was yeah. just like, "Come to me, my children!" And I just throw birds at everyone. It was my favorite part. This one I just used the fire one all the time, or the electric one all the time. Yeah, shooting. And... I think the
1: yeah the fire one wasn't as good.
0: Yeah, the fire one was.
1: He kind of just like you kind of just like snapped your fingers and whatever in front of you just kind of caught fire a little bit.
0: Yeah, but the electric one was nice. Oh yeah, because of the stun and <laughs> shit. So anyway, yeah. Then then you got. They were, uh, all these gene tonics and plasmids were developed by Dr. Yi Shuang. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. Shuang? Shuang?
1: S-U-C-H-O-N-G?
0: Correct us if we're wrong. We're just two very, very unfortunate white people. Uh, And they were sold to any citizen that could afford them. The tonics and plasmids granted them superhuman abilities. With the rise of this market, Andrew Ryan looked at Fontaine as an example for the type of person Rapture was built for even though Fontaine was a little fucker and fucking over Andrew Ryan constantly. So, it just... Ryan didn't know it. As years went on, however, Ryan became started to become suspicious of Fontaine, believing he was responsible for various crimes because he was a little fucker fucking him over constantly. Fontaine's criminal influences and Monopoly of Adam threatened the social structure in order of Rapture. Ryan attempted to arrest Fontaine for smuggling, but Fontaine fought back because he had the power to do that. In the midst of the fighting, Fontaine faked his own death like any rational man does when he's fighting a giant political power underwater. <clears throat> Ryan then took control of Fontaine's company, renaming it Ryan Industries, where he would oversee the pro- production of the tonics and plasmids. Fontaine took up an alter ego, Atlas, and began to rally the poorest citizens of Rapture. On New Year's Eve of 1958, Atlas led his supporters on an attack against key locations in the city, the battle would be the first in Raptor's Civil War. Because that's exactly what the world needs. A bunch of crazy people with superpowers fighting a civil war under the water. Yeah. That's what Raptor needed. So, yeah, Fontaine's a badass. I fucking hate him for what he is. Yes. And he's a really shitty final boss. But, um...
1: I agree. I, we'll we'll I, get there when we get there. We'll get yes. there when we get there.
0: But yes, I agree. But, uh... I, I'll, I'll actually tell you why he's a really shitty final boss when we get there. Because <laughs> I found out something about Bioshock the other day. But, um... Yeah, so... The Rapture Civil War starts. And Ryan gets all shitty. Because his city... You know the city where freedom is important and you can do whatever you wanted? Yeah. People started doing whatever they wanted, and it wasn't what Ryan wanted, so Ryan gets all shitty. So, in response to this, Ryan began to enforce stricter rules on the city. You know, the city that has no rules. He began arresting many of Atlas and Lamb's followers, because Lamb somehow is just still around doing her thing. Atlas is just, like, stirring the shit, and Lamb's getting caught up in it. Mass addiction to Adam caused many of the citizens uh, to begin using Adam to defend themselves. Yes. So, it created a lot of a demand for Ryan, so there were more little sisters that were sent out to take Adam from the corpses. Because I guess it would leave residual kind of power in your body Yes. when you are using Adam. So, the little sisters would just kind of waltz out there with the big needle guns and just take the Adam right out of there. They'd call them angels, which is one of my favorite parts of Bioshock 2. When you get to play as a little sister and walk around and you see all the bodies on the ground and they actually look like angels. Because they're like, look, another angel. And then they just like sap the shit out of them. But it's dead bodies and rapture. It's fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah. And then, so they they were sent out to go do that. And because they were so good at this, they needed to kidnap more little girls, turn them into more little sisters. So Shuang needed something to protect them. Or was in charge of creating something to protect them. Yes. Which is cool. Uh, and how how else do you protect little sisters in a place full of violent superpowered people? Giant men in scuba suits. Yes. Just big motherfuckers in scuba suits. So he he found prison inmates and modified them into big daddies, which are what you are the thing you see on the cover of Bioshock. They're the passive, aggressive enemy in Bioshock. They're so fucking cool. Oh, they're so dope. They make, like, giant whale noises. Yep. Because that's how they communicate. They have their skin grafted to the inside of their suit. So, like, their suit is now them. And they're, like, modified so that they are biologically connected to Little Sisters through pheromones so like they need a little sister or they lose their fucking shit and if anything happens to that little sister they'll know it immediately and lose their fucking shit but if nothing happens to that little sister they're doing their job they're all set yeah. they're big beasts in they're just giant scuba suits with drills on their hands who go Ooh, and stomp around and don't do fuck all unless anyone touches their goddamn little sister I think the Big Daddies are some of the coolest video game designs I've ever seen.
1: Oh, I 100%. And
0: there's different kinds, too. The, the one you normally see is the the Bruiser? Bouncer?
1: Bouncer. And then the other one is The Rosie. Rosie.
0: There's actually a couple more, but they're not seen very often. But the big one that you normally see is the Bouncer, and they're just so cool. Like, uh, every now we have a... We're from Rhode Island, if you're not from Rhode Island listening to this. List. And at our Comic-Con... There's a guy who shows up every year. This guy has to be, like, over seven feet tall. Like, I'm not a, a short person. I'm six feet tall. This guy is a head at least taller than I am. This guy is massive. And he always cosplays as a Rosie. So, every time I'm at Comic-Con, there's a literal giant walking around in a fucking Rosie cosplay. Just this big, giant scuba suit. And I, I like, I... I know he's there every time. Because when you walk in that fucking building, you look around and there's just this giant Rosie sticking up above everyone else. It is the fucking coolest. I've told him that. I'm like, your cosplay is the fucking coolest. So, I get hyped about people in scuba suits. What can I say?
1: Dr. Schwang's work was passed on to another scientist by the name of Gilbert Alexander. And he uh, bonded Eleanor Lamb, who was the daughter of Sophia Lamb, who was turned into a little sister uh, to Subject Delta. And Subject Delta is the protagonist of Bioshock
0: 2. Spoilers, she plays a big daddy in Bioshock 2. It's awesome. Yes. You have the drill hand.
1: From the overuse of Adam came Splicers. And Splicers was the term given to an individual suffering from an overdose of Adam. Um, They are highly, highly addicted to the substance and have pretty much lost their sanity and have become physically deformed.
0: I've always liked the fact that they can tell they're physically deformed. That's why they're wearing masks.
1: Yeah. And there's, like, different kinds of them. There's, like, <clears throat> ones that are, like... this is, Have, like, hooks on their hands and they climb on the ceiling and attack you. And then There's, ones that, like, there's ones that, like, teleport and, like... Magician-slicers. Shoot, shoot, shoot fire at you. So.
0: Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. They were, uh... The design team looked at war wounds from World War I. There's a lot of W's <laughs> in there. They looked at war wounds from World War One, And uh, that's how they got the design of the splicers. So, like, they have some splicers that look exactly like botched plastic surgery from that era. And it looks really, really cool. Like, they, they did, like, a very good job with the design of those because of how unsettling they look. While they still look human and like they're trying to be human, you could still tell that they're scarred. It was unfortunate for the people of World War 1, not so much for the splicers, but cuz they're fuckers.
1: Uh so the splicers eventually learned how to take down the big daddies, which allowed them to go after the little sisters and they retrieved the uh Adam from inside them, which in the process would kill the little sister.
0: Because it's fucking hard. And it's what's made keeping them alive.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Tenenbaum, seeing all of this take place, started to feel bad about what her work has led to. Because she was just a little old geneticist who wanted to create something that would probably benefit people. Because in the beginning, she did use it to cure diseases and stuff. And, and make now superheroes. And make superheroes. And now everybody's addicted to it and run around <clears> killing <throat> each other. Little girls, trying to get more. So she developed a plasmid that could kill the slug inside the little sister, restoring them, restoring them to normal, but not actually kill the little sister herself. So it would pretty much save them, but relinquish them of their Adam uh, bond. Adam Bond. Adam Bond sounds like a superhero.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a real shitty <laughs> one from the like, from like the Silver Age. Yeah. I am Adam Bond. Like he 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 teamed up with the Flash once, but was never seen again. <laughs> like that one issue. They revived him like in the nineties just to kill him off, like they did with a lot of supervillains in the nineties. It was great. It was fun. He's making a comeback. I heard. Adam Bomb. Yeah, Adam um, Bomb. So good. I think yeah. he's
1: gonna get a show on the CW.
0: He probably is gonna sh- make a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> in, in in like Arrow. In, in the Arrow. In <laughs> The Arrow show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tenenbaum started to rescue the little sisters and bring them back to normal and she hid them and herself in the sewers of Olympus Heights within Rapture and
0: now we can finally start talking about Bioshock 1 itself <laughs> yeah isn't that great all of this happened before the game yes you come you come into Rapture having had all this bullshit happen yes. it's great I love this game so the guy you play as is a guy named Jack or Jack Wynand. I I'm gonna call him Jack. Well, it's just some... it said it on his passport. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't I don't know. I what don't that... think it's
1: actually ever said. I think it's just on his password, and it's probably not actually his last name.
0: It well, yeah, we it's, not in... well, it's not his last name. When we get into who he actually yeah. is, but so Jack uh was a Pinkerton. He was on a plane, going to go investigate some bullshit, and it crashed. I was a plane in the 60s. So it was smoking on the plane like the cool guys did in the 60s. Yeah. Shit crashed in one of my favorite scenes in video games. Still, to this day, it is one of the coolest... Like, you come up from the water and the plane's crashing all around you in the water. And you come up and there's just shit on fire there. And there's a fucking lighthouse. Plane crashed near a lighthouse on an island. Jack goes to it because where else is he going to go? He's in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, he's going to go to land. So he goes to the lighthouse. Inside, he finds a machine called the Bathysphere, which he uses to go into Rapture. It's what other people used. It's what Jack used. And he goes in there and immediately is allowed to go go into Rapture. Once there, Jack is guided by Atlas through radio to go through there. Andrew Ryan believes Jack is an agent from the surface world there to stop him. And then Atlas just wants to have his... Family saved. Yeah, he just just wants his wife and his daughter. His wife and daughter. Atlas teaches Jack all about plasmids and gaining Adam from little sisters. And then he gets all fucking spliced up. Because Jack just starts using splices. Splicing himself willy-nilly. Because I don't know how you don't get spliced up in fucking Bioshock. Hmm. Like, looking at how it works. Like, you should be a fucking disaster by the time you leave. Yeah. And I'm not convinced you aren't. Because... You do kind of become big daddy. Um, but uh, so anyway, Atlas teaches Jack all about plasmids and getting them from little sisters, but then Jack runs into our good friend, Tenenbaum, who is like, Hey man, don't do that. I fucked up in this whole thing. I want to make amends. Save the sisters. They're little girls, they can be turned back into little girls. And then Atlas is like, No, don't do that. Like, you're not gonna... You're gonna get fucked. You're gonna fuck my family over. What are you doing? Yeah, get all the atoms. Get all the the Atom you want. Yeah. And then she's like, no. And then this is where you... Not you, Nick. You as the player. Right. But I'm a player. But... And I'm a player, too. (laughs) Where I make the decision whether I should harvest or save little sisters. Uh, If you save them, you don't get nearly as much Atom. But you get exclusive plasmids which are... The only way to get them is by saving the sisters. Uh, and you get some other bonus stuff throughout the, the game. You get, like, m- ammo caches and stuff.
1: They'll actually give you uh, a bunch of Atom. Like, in, like, a present. After you yeah. save a certain amount. So, like, if you harvest it, you'll get it immediately. But if you save a bunch, after you save a couple, they'll give you a package. I don't know... It doesn't, it doesn't it, equal I I, out I don't think it equals out. ...harvesting them. But it, you do get a bunch... Yeah, it's every not so every so often. Which... It makes
0: the game slightly harder to save them, but it's not a particularly hard game.
1: <laughs> it's not. It, I not The hardest ever. thing
0: to do in the game is to do the no die playthrough. Yeah. Go through the entire game without using one of the vital chambers. Vita chambers, yeah. Which is an actual achievement, because fuck you. But the yeah, I think that the the harvest playthrough still has slightly more Adam. Like, maybe a couple hundred more. Yeah. But not by a lot. And not by enough to have the bad ending, because the bad ending makes me say it. Jeez. So, you you get to choose that, and it, and it affects the ending of the game. Atlas asks Jack to, to help save his wife and children. Uh, when Jack reaches the area where Atlas's family is being kept, Ryan blows that shit up, and it's fucking awesome. Oh, it's the great. This, of course, pisses off Atlas, because his family just died and uh, he's like no go fuck yourself Ryan I'm done with your bullshit I'm gonna send Jack who somehow has been surviving across all of Rapture to go fuck your day up Yes. So.
1: so that's what he does Jack makes his way to Ryan and eventually finds him in his office where Ryan reveals the truth about Jack and here is your your Shyamalan twist and your, your that Shyamalan that twist that I absolutely love so, Jack was actually born in Rapture uh, about four years ago, and he was genetically modified to mature
0: really fast. You're not playing as a toddler in this game. You're playing as, like, a man. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. You're playing as a, as a, as a human man. Fully grown. Fully grown man, man who's four years old. Yep. Fuck you. <laughs> uh,
1: and he also happens to be Ryan's illegitimate son. So, you're Jack Ryan. And your mother was Jasmine Jolene, who was a uh, dancer and Ryan's mistress. Yep. A little, little little side note there. You actually
0: find out a bunch of stuff about her for, in a, a mission for one of my favorite characters in the game, who's the artist. Yes. Which we totally skipped over, but that's okay because or we're just could... we're just blasting through this real quick. But yeah. There's a there's an artist in the game. What was his name again?
1: His name was uh, Sander Cohen.
0: Sander Cohen. So there's a character, an artist named Sander Cohen, who is just a fucking madman oh it's using great. like human bodies that he like humans that he plasters over to make art and stuff there's a character one of the places you go when doing quests for cohen which is basically quests for cohen are go kill this guy who pissed me off or was my ex-gay lover um and one of the places you go is uh the place where jasmine jasmine jolene danced so you actually find out a bunch of stuff about her there that you have no context for, which is pretty great. But uh, yeah, Sander Cohen, he's the best. He like, he's the be- he's the reason I want to sh- see a Bioshock movie. Yeah, because whoever if plays Sander Cohen is did that be- right. His whoever de- did his lines, delivered his lines great. Where he goes from like happy pretentious artist to screaming mm. at you. Yeah. Very fast. One of the best lines in there is, so if you let him live in the first part, you can go find him in his house, his apartment. suite, his apartment, yeah. which is right around where Andrew Ryan lived. That's how close he was with Ryan, where it's just like him and like someone dancing for him. And he says, just leave me be. And if you don't leave him be, he stands up and goes, I'm Sander fucking Cohen and i'm like oh shit this is awesome he just like he calls himself sander fucking cohen it's like some of the best line delivery i've seen like heard in a video game in a very very long time i love it but um yeah sander cohen we totally met, skipped over him if you want to see anything on him look it up he's amazing so anyway let's uh let's go back to jasmine and the reason we brought it up is because you do find out a bunch of stuff about jasmine Jolene, your biological mother, but you don't really know it, so... And then, uh, Frank Fontaine bought Jack's embryo. Yeah, and he,
1: uh, had it designed to, uh, obey his orders when he heard the phrase would you kindly.
0: So you spend the entire game doing whatever Jack says because he says would you kindly beforehand. So you're doing all these crazy, ballsy shit. And, like,
1: you, it's not really something like you pay... Like, it doesn't... It's not beaten over the head. Like yeah. that he's saying, would you kindly so much? It'll be like, like when he gets pissed that Ryan killed his family, um, he was like, would you kindly go k- get that guy and kill him? You but kindly you, go get that bastard. But you just kind of take it as like the way he's talking. Like he's, just...
0: he, he's also, what we haven't said yet is Atlas is Irish, yes, but Fontaine isn't. Mm-hmm. So when he's doing his Atlas accent, he's Irish, which I feel like is part of the reason it doesn't bother you mm. that accent is one of those accents where the irish just say weird shit it's like australians and um so like him saying would you kindly before something and how it's delivered like there's nothing pointing to would you kindly meaning anything right so at this point in the game where you find out the would you kindly phrase it fl- does a flashback of all the times atlas said would you kindly yeah and i'm like whoa he said that way more than i thought yeah, it's great it's
1: like, when, that, when I first played through that part, I was, like, floored. Yeah. It was such a great moment. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, so you're being controlled through that phrase, and uh, Jack was actually sent to the surface to get him away from Ryan after he was fully developed. Uh, Fontaine had him sent away during the Civil War, uh, so that way Ryan couldn't find him or know about him. And when the fighting between Ryan and Fontaine seemed to uh, pretty much reach a stalemate, um, he was called back, Jack was, and was ordered to actually crash the plane near the, the lighthouse. So, Jack was the reason that the plane crashed. It wasn't an accident.
0: Yeah. So, and because he's the son of Andrew Ryan, he was able to use the bath sphere immediately, uh, which was genetically locked to anyone but Ryan himself. So, Ryan could go back and forth and, like... Yeah, so, uh, and then Ryan uses the phrase to make Jack kill him while saying a man chooses, a slave obeys. And you're just beating him with a golf club in one of the greatest scenes in video game history of this guy just screaming as you are, he has part of the golf club in his skull, a man chooses, a slave obeys. And it's chilling to say the least. It it's is it absolutely is absolutely fantastic. There are very few times in video games where I get goosebumps and my jaw drops. Most of the time they're in Bioshock games. I don't fucking know why, but yeah, it's it's an amazing scene of him because you you were ordered would you were would you kindly ordered to kill Ryan. So right. you were gonna do it, and Ryan knew you were gonna do it. Yeah, and you were gonna succeed in it because he was an older man, and you're. A young, strapping four-year-old. So you, you were, you were gonna kill him. So the entire time, he just dies screaming that. Which is why I want to get the tattoo. Because also Ryan, uh, not Ryan, Jack has tattoos of chains on his wrists. Symbolism. And uh, so I kind of want to get one of those tattoos with uh, a man chooses a slave obeys. Mm -hmm. It's really fucking cool. Yeah,
1: that'd be dope. So after Jack kills Ryan, he's pretty much f- fulfilled his duty to Fontaine. And uh rec- help me out. I think he Ru- Fontaine uses another word or another phrase that like triggers Jack to like biologically break down.
0: Yeah, I think he said would you kindly stop your heart or something along those I lines. It was a
1: different phrase. That was pretty-
0: It might have been, but it was because of how you were born and how that mind control worked. Yeah, like F-
1: like Fontaine pretty much like flipped a switch in you and you started to like. And die. your
0: your heart started to stop working. Yeah. Because you were con- you were telling your heart to stop, which is weird and doesn't make any sense. But you start dying. And then luckily, uh, Doctor Tenenbaum and the little sisters
1: find you and take you back to where they're hiding in the sewers. And uh, Tenenbaum being the geneticist that she is, starts to help you uh, heal. And when you are strong enough, um, Jack goes back out. I keep saying you, but you are playing as Jack. You're playing as Jack. So Jack, when Jack is uh, healthy enough, he decides to go after Fontaine.
0: So And you also need to you break the... you Yeah, you break the control. It, yeah. It's really Which cool.
1: Is, yeah, it's a cool part of the game because you're still... You're not fully back to yourself when you start going after Fontaine. So while you're going back through Rapture, your powers keep switching. Yeah, your plasmids so, are changing at random. Yeah, so if you want to use your electric power, well, it might change in like two minutes and, you you might s- suddenly... and you're stuck with it until it changes again. Yeah,
0: you might suddenly have big daddy pheromone control. In which, what the fuck you do with big daddy pheromone control when you need the electric power? Yeah. Like, so you're relying a lot more on guns at that part than than both, which which I always thought was a really cool part. And then so he fixes up the DNA and then you go to go face Fontaine. But before you face Fontaine, I want to do a, interject this here. Yeah. Before you face Fontaine, you make yourself a big daddy. Yes. Kind of. Kind you of. inject yourself with the same pheromones. Yep. You get a full set of big daddy armor. Yep. You you there's a couple other things. You your sight's different now, your hearing's different now. Everything is different now because you are biologically becoming a big daddy, but you're not going through the entire process so that you can get through a certain part. So
1: Yeah, because you need to guide a little sister to collect yeah, Adam.
0: Because you need Adam to help you with this fight. So you are biologically becoming a big daddy, which is what leads me to believe like that's why you never see Jack's face, because he's fucked up. Like he's a he's a mess. Hmm. Because he's been splicing for the last twenty-four hours, and and he's going through the process of becoming a big daddy, which was really only used to people who had their skin grafted to the suits. Yes. So you're just becoming a disaster. But you finally go to go face Fontaine, in which Fontaine has been dosing like a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, he injects himself with all of the atom, so much atom.
0: Pretty much it's Bane. You're fighting Bane. You're fighting Bane. <laughs> he's got Venom in him now. Yeah. He's got Titan in him. Because yep. we're in Arkham Knight now. Yep. We're Arkham Asylum. You're just, you're just fighting Bane. And he's just this big scar. Like, he's a giant scab.
1: Yeah.
0: Like Because that's what he just turns himself into. Who is one of the worst boss fights in video game history. It is really the weakest part of this game. The, I what I found out was they originally weren't gonna put a boss in this game. This was super late in development. They put Fontaine as a boss in this game. That you were gonna Fontaine was gonna like die off screen, or you are gonna just kill him in a cutscene like Ryan. But the uh, because it was published by who, who the fuck published this? It was it, published. It was the shitty fucking publishers who was like, video games have final bosses, even though like. You can tell, even though a game like this, what is it? Two K games. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Even though uh, the the publisher, like, even though it's an incredible narrative story, then like original outside of having all the Iron Rand re- uh, references, like it's it's super interesting and super great. They just have this shitty final boss tacked onto it because Two K was like, you need a final boss. It's not a video game if you don't have a final boss.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Everybody knows that.
0: But like, so there's no. You get the shitty final boss fight that doesn't even matter. And it literally could have just been a cutscene. Because that's how much it matters. Yeah. Like it you didn't have to fight Fontaine. You would have had just a satisfying part, just like seeing a cutscene of you killing Fontaine. This boss fight isn't satisfying.
1: No, it's not. It's not hard. It's not exciting. It's there. It's just there. Well, it's
0: fucking annoying too. Oh it is. It's long. It's a really long boss fight. And but it was made super late in development. So that's why it feels like another game when you're playing it, because it might as well have been another game, how late in development it was made. Like, it's just, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's like stupid. Fighting a
1: big daddy is a much more fun boss fight, and those aren't even boss fights. Right. Because they're literally completely
0: optional. Hey, yeah, and fighting a, yeah, you're right. Fighting a big daddy feels more satisfying than this. And also, like, I would have liked the final, but bo- I would have liked it more if, like, Fontaine was like, you know those big daddies that are biologically connected to little sisters? I made one biologically connected to me. This is Jared, my big daddy. Like, imagine <laughs> imagine if he just calls down this, like, big daddy that he'd been fucking with. That's so bigger? The bigger yeah. daddy? Like, he'd been, like, engineering all up in his ass. And, like, he was just this big, big daddy. Yeah. The big daddy. That was biologically connected to him, like the little sisters. But that's armchair quarterbacking. The game came out 10 years ago. Yeah. It's still incredible. But um, it's just a very weak spot in and un- an un- otherwise... Barely blemished game. But you kill him because fuck him. And the little sisters come and they just stab him.
1: Yeah, stab him repeatedly. Taking out all the Adam.
0: Because he's just Adam at this point.
1: Yeah, and then he dies because of that. And yeah. And then you get your ending depending on whether you harvested all the little sisters, saved all the little sisters, or did a little half and half. Uh, So if you want the good ending, you gotta rescue all the little sisters and that ending uh shows Jack and some of the little sisters returning to the surface world where they live out full and normal lives they like show uh, a bunch of the little sisters growing up and like getting married and graduating from college and getting jobs it made me so happy and then at the end they're all with Jack on his deathbed as an old man
0: yeah you just have the you just see the hand with the uh, the chain tattoo being grabbed by like several women's hands because they were the little sisters that he saved. It's such a great ending. Oh,
1: it's so good. And uh, if you harvest the little sisters, you get the bad ending, where uh, Jack turns on the little sisters, presumably taking all their Adam and killing them, because this doesn't actually show it. It just shows him uh, grabbing one of the little sisters violently. And then it shows a submarine and a bunch of bathyspheres surfacing up near the lighthouse... And the submarine has a nuclear warhead in it. And a bunch of splicers come out of the bathyspheres and attack uh, a bunch of people who were there on the island, like, investigating the plane crash. Yeah. And, yeah. And then if you do a little... If you harvest some and rescue some, you get the same ending as the harvested all of them. But um, Tenenbaum is narrating through all, all the endings. Yeah, all the endings so, are narrating. In the ending where you harvest all the little sisters, she's super pissed. Like, her tone is, like, really pissed at you that you, like, harvested all the little sisters and, like, turned on them and... Blew everything up. Blew everything up and did all this. Um, and then when you do the half-and-half half, um, ending, it's the same ending, but she... Her tone is much more sadder instead of angry. She says the same dialogue, but it's, like, in a sadder yeah. tone, like, a disappointing that this is what... Uh, is happening after everything that, that happened with uh Rapture that both Ryan and Fontaine are dead that you didn't that it didn't get better from from that so it, it's I'm... one of
0: those situations where like it's almost better that Rapture was abandoned when you rescue a little sisters but Rapture just ends up being abandoned like the last person who could possibly be in charge of Rapture was you because you were biologically in charge of Rapture right. and you you left, uh, which just allowed Rapture to die like slowly as the Splicers died. But with the harvesting of Little Sisters, you're like, Fuck it. I'm blowing this shit up. I'm going to do what I want. This is my town now. And then you went and brought everybody to the surface. And you just brought Splicers to the surface because you hate everything. I imagine that'd be cool. It's like some Aquaman <laughs> shit. But yeah, that's Bioshock. That is... The weird sea slug-induced story of Bioshock and all its weird sea slug glory. And I love it. Oh, I love every second of it. And then there's a sequel to Bioshock called Bioshock 2. Yes. Shocking. Where uh, it takes place after the events of Bioshock, I believe? No, I think it's before. Is it? I think so. It might be. I don't know. Pretty sure
1: two comes first.
0: I think the Time beginning lines. of two becomes first, but I think yeah, it might be two one of those. Might It be might be next. one of those
1: overlapping things. Yeah, uh,
0: kind of like in, uh, Infinite does, because then there was another Bioshock that came out years after Bioshock Bioshock Two came out towards the end of the the lifespan of the Xbox 360 called Bioshock Infinite, which at first seems like it has nothing to do with Bioshock, but then has everything to do with Bioshock, and it's great. Oh. That
1: game, I don't know if I would say it's better than the first one. I think I still might like the first one better, but oh, did that game. I would say
0: gameplay-wise it's definitely better, but thematically, they're definitely comparable. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like, that game's great. So if you haven't played any of the Bioshock games and you just listen to all this podcast, why would you listen to this podcast where we talk about the spoilers for one of the most spoiler-heavy games you could possibly talk about?
1: I mean, there's no way we're not going to get to Infinite at some point. Oh, we're absolutely going to do Infinite at some point. So, look forward to that. So,
0: if you've listened to Bioshock podcast and you haven't played Infinite yet, play Infinite before we get into that, because that is definitely one to discuss.
1: Yes, and the DLC.
0: And the DLC, Burial by Sea, because if you want to talk about this as a franchise, Burial by Sea is just as important to the franchise as any individual installment. It's really what links Infinite to Bioshock proper. And it's a great franchise with some great writers. Uh, what is his name? Kevin Feige? I don't know. He was the writer for all the Bioshock games, and he really knew what he was doing. It's pretty pretty phenomenal. So I, I highly recommend the franchise to anyone who hasn't played it. Um, but... Kevin... Ken Levine. Ken Levine, yeah. Kevin Feige
1: is the head of Marvel. Yes,
0: Ken Levine, yeah. But yeah, Ken Levine was uh, the the head writer for all of them, and he really knew what he was doing, and writing a really convoluted, weird storyline based on strange books. And slugs. And slugs. Dude, he made it... Look, it's outrageous, but fuck it. It works. Yeah, it works, like, phenomenally. Uh, But... With that, we have another podcast under our belts. That was our review of Bioshock Infinite. Before we go, not review our discussion. Yeah, obviously, we did really review.
1: I mean, we talked about how much we liked it, but we're not, yeah, we're well, not doing reviews here. We do
0: that with a bunch of games because we're really just picking games we like. Um, with that though, before we leave, Nick, what have you been playing?
1: Well, I recently just finished playing Breath of the Wild, and uh, I got this game at launch, and Reason why it took me so long, because Josh has beaten it for a while. Yeah, I've had it, and a he loves yelling at me that I'm taking so long to play through it. Because you've
0: been taking so fucking long to play through it, Josh.
1: I wanted to elongate the duration of the game that I uh, of me playing it because I just loved it so much. But I ended up doing uh, all 120 shrines, every single side quest, and uh, that was it. I didn't do the Koroks because that's insanity. I don't want to do that. I think I had, like, a hundred and something at the end of the game. That blew- Okay. that I sent you this, and it blew my goddamn mind. I did all of the story, which was, like, all the memories and the main dungeons, and I did all 120 shrines, and I did every shrine quest, and I did every side quest in the game, and I beat Ganon, and at the end, when you beat Ganon, it shows you your percentage completed out of a hundred in the bottom corner of the map, and it was 31.9, <laughs> and I was like- are you goddamn kidding me? Literally, the only thing I hadn't done was the Koroks and the Compendium, and holy shit does that take up a majority, more than 75% yeah. of the, I can't math, less yeah. than, se- like, almost around 70% of the uh, of the completion rate for that game. Yep. That, was, that made me a little sad, but <laughs> I'm glad I did all the important stuff. Yeah, you did the stuff that matters. I'm not taking pictures of everything and finding yep. all the and now, And
0: now we just wait for the DLC. Yes. Which uh, I'm looking forward to eventually. Uh, Anything else you've been playing? I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. We're we're recording this during the first anniversary event. Yes. So uh, we've all been playing another Overwatch. How'd uh, how'd the new season start for you? Uh,
1: So the new season (laughs) started last night. And I've been trying to get my gold guns. And now, I'm not the greatest... I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the greatest Overwatch player in the world. But I'm not half terrible. So every season was a season five now every season i've been four or five it's weird on like competitive season four or five every season i've been gold i came close to plat once for, like 290 sr but i didn't really play that much competitive back then so if i probably tried i probably could have gotten it but i've been gold i did my placement matches last night and goddamn did i get paired with the worst people possible and i went two and eight
0: <laughs> And I got placed in low silver. He sends me a snap, because Nick and I, you Snapchat a lot. We also send each other a lot of memes through text messages. He sends me a snap of it, and I could feel the salt radiating from the other side.
1: I was so mad. It was so bad. And then, you know, it was just the worst. I was getting paired with awful people. My internet stopped working during one of the matches, so I got booted. And then my team suffered because of that, and by the time I came back in, it just made us not win as much, uh... So that, was that, was, uh, that th- was
0: that. This is absolutely gonna relate to more I've been playing. Uh, I'm gonna begin with talking about Friday the fucking thirteenth. So Friday the thirteenth, the game came out, and I, uh, because I don't have a, a really well working PC, I bought it for console, which is fine. So I went to go boot it up for the first time, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's try this shit out. I'm looking forward to this. I get to either fight or run from Jason Voorhees. Like it's kind of my wet dream as a horror movie fan. So we're. Uh, I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. 20 minutes to get into a match. 2-0. 20. But, I finally get into a match. I'm like, alright, dude. Let's get this shit going. So, I get into a match, right? And I'm not Jason. I'm, not I'm like, cool. Whatever. I don't care. Like, I'm just excited to play at this point. So, I go into a house and I'm like, yeah. Alright, I'm in a house. So, I'm like, I'm searching through drawers and shit. i finding shit. Then... I get killed by my own teammate. I've been playing for less than a minute. <sighs> and he went out of his way to kill me. There's no way he didn't go out. Like, he hit me with a bat. For why? I don't know. I was <laughs> So mad. I haven't played it since. <laughs> I was I was so mad. I waited That's perfect. If like I'd waited twenty minutes and done like even a ten minute mash, I would have been like that felt satisfying. Like, cause I, like, I don't know. I was on my phone. I was reading shit. Like, fuck it. I was so triggered. Like, you have no idea how angry I was. That's hilarious. Oh, oh my God. Man, it just, like, ruined the whole experience for me. <laughs> like, that guy's a fucker. I don't know who he is, but fuck him. Who the fuck does that? I don't know. Apparently, that guy. The other game I've been playing is Injustice 2, which I've been trying to unlock so i found out that if you get a character an individual character up to level 20 which is the max level you can get any individual character you can then purchase level ups for other characters essentially making it so you don't have to max level every all almost 40 characters so i've been trying to get bane up to max level it's hard as shit because everything gets harder the higher your level is so, and my best character right now in the game is Bane, so I'm just running around going, Idios Mio, I'm breaking shit over my knee. <laughs> like, it's pretty incredible, but still, it's hard. Uh, the game's incredible. If you have not if you have any interest in fighting games or superhero games, Justice 2 is a great pickup. Like, it's incredible to just play as fucking Gorilla Grodd and the swamp thing. Like, it's just so satisfying seeing some of these things. And the costumes are incredible. My Bane looks like he's out of Tron right now. I love it. But yeah, the that's the that's the only other game I've been playing. Really, I haven't been playing much. My brother's been home, so he's stolen my PlayStation. Rip your Because PlayStation. I'm a big bitch and I let my brother steal my PlayStation. He's in 20, I'm 23. I don't know why he can't just buy his own PlayStation, but that's besides the point. So, at least he's been unlocking me shit in Overwatch. <laughs> like But yeah, that that's all I've been playing. Uh, but yeah. Been a, it's been a rough time for Nick and I when it comes to multiplayer <laughs> games, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll pick up Friday the 13th again. It's just really disheartening, I have to That's say. That's hilarious. Oh, I was mad. I I was very, very mad. But, uh, next time on Navi Tales, we're going to discuss another game. We don't know yet. Uh, whatever. Fuck it.
1: You'll you'll know when we know. And
0: you'll know when we know.
1: And when the ep- the next episode goes up. In the beginning.
0: The beginning of the next episode. It'll you'll be in know. the title. Yeah.
1: Yeah, fuck that, it. That's who.
0: Yeah, don't be so needy. Yeah, yeah. Stop, t- stop, stop jumping down my throat. We literally haven't published any episodes. No one knows we're making this podcast. But don't jump down my throat, audience. Yeah, yeah. It'll get there. It'll get there when it gets there. Yeah, asshole. You, you, you got damn rude. Yeah, dick. You can make me cry. I do cry. I'm crying right now. He is. You can see. You can't. Cause you're there and I'm here. <laughs> so next time, more video games. See you then. Bye. Love you.